0: Bring it away! Not right out of danger yet, though. Prize it, holding the ball. The crowd have just gone off. Oh no, Jesse! Are
1: you
2: kidding me?
0: Oh. I think that's Luke Ball. Luke Ball has just—it's the goal of the day. It might even be the goal of the year. Ball—it's just falling out of hand. Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's
2: against knife. It's smoke. He's picked it up, and he's just. Put
3: Yes, welcome to the Eastland Weekend Recovery. Another big weekend of local football in the books. North Ringwood ended Order's season in the match of the round yesterday afternoon. Templestowe gave the Rams a bit of a bath in the end and more heartbreak for the Dogs as Roval run over the top in the last quarter to run out winners. I'm Ryan Long, media manager Eastern Football Netball League, joined by Ray Baird and Wayne Brasher. Ray were there at that game yesterday at Bayswater Oval and it was a really good contest in the end between two sides who were fighting for that last spot in the finals and unfortunately for Bayswater that's uh, their season done.
1: Uh, yeah, we're unfortunate for base. Look, it was unfortunate that one side had to lose that game. I thought it was one of the best games I've seen this season, you know, and uh, both sides, you know, they threw everything into it and that's what we want, you know, go right down to the wire.
3: Absolutely. And yeah. Brash, you at home watching the game?
1: Yeah,
0: I was. But interesting enough, Ryan, I I, I thought that uh, yesterday the round in general was a round of fluctuating fortunes for a lot of clubs especially with the uh, with the scores that we're going to talk about this morning. Um, some interesting insights, uh, I think, from, that we can take away from this weekend's action.
3: Absolutely. So there's plenty to get to. We're going to start out at Division 4, and the Croydon North Emlock Football Club have won their first game for the 2023 season, defeating Nutterwadding 14-16, 100-11, 15-81, and on the line to join us to speak about the game is Ben Oakes, the senior coach of the club. Uh, Ben, congratulations on the win. A fantastic job for the club, and uh, your form in the last couple of weeks, it looked like it was building towards uh, this game and a big uh, win yesterday.
2: Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, it was uh, awesome to say the least for the club. Um, Yeah, internally, we've been working hard on um, consistency over the four quarters, uh, especially across the last sort of, four to five games from that churn side game so um, yeah it was great to get a result yesterday but you know we've also been playing some pretty good footy especially over the last two weeks
3: yeah having having a look we, we didn't have certainly noticed that against scores being kill side two of the the best sides in the division um, being able to to keep them under 100 points and, and being able to remain uh, reasonably close in those games has your form sort of improved with just plays uh, developing over the season or is it more about player availability? Because I know uh, early in the year you, you probably had a, a bit of bad luck with the the players out of the side.
2: Yeah, look, we've, um, we've had 48 players go through our senior <sighs> footy side, so consi- uh, consistency's been a bit of an issue. Um, yeah, we've we've added a couple of guys over the last sort of six weeks um, in Adam O'Donoghue and Ryan Kelly that sort of helped us out while well, the group are getting healthy. And now I think our, you know, our total list of outs at the moment is um, 11, where at one, po- at one point this year it was 29. So oh. it's been pretty hard to get like a consistent side across you know, even two games this season, but it's starting to um, build in the right direction. Unfortunately for us, it's come at the end of the year, but you know, at least we can sort of uh, take a positive out of our finish to the season.
3: And just looking at the uh, game yesterday afternoon at three-quarter time, a similar sort of margin to the last time you played, Nutterwadding, uh, 21 points, and uh, this time uh, they weren't able to run over the top of you and you were able to kick five goals in the last quarter as well. Uh, that must have been pretty pleasing to see the way you finished the game.
2: Yeah, definitely. Look, as I said, we've been working on you know playing four quarters of footy, and um, to be able to do that yesterday and, uh, and hit the scoreboard uh, was awesome. And then, you know, when Nutter Wadding made a run at us, I think they got within 14 points in the last quarter. And then for us to sort of steal up and um, take the game away from them and then, you know, finish the, finish the quarter out with a win uh, was awesome to see. And that's a real positive for us as a club. And, you know, as, as I said, you know, we've been working towards this game um, or a win, in, so to speak, across, you know, the last five weeks as we're getting healthy. And to get a reward for it is good for the group and good for the club.
0: Morning Bennett's uh Brash. I oh, just very interested when you when you've just touched on forty nine players that have gone through your list this year, it must must be an absolute nightmare week in, week out, trying to bed down a side to produce a consistent performance because that you know, when you when you're turning over that amount that amount of players, it, it's nearly impossible to try and find a winning formula.
2: Yeah, definitely. Look, it, it, yeah, it, it's hard. It's frustrating as a coaching group, but I'm sure it's frustrating as a player as well. So, look, yeah, internally we've just been working on what we can achieve, and you know, we probably weren't in that position to really be effective against any sides um, early on in the season. And then, you know, being able to, like I said, get those players back and get that consistency—it's it, what it's what breeds a good footy side. And you know, a lot of the weeks we haven't been even able to um, uh, pick people on form. We're just picking, you know, sort of our best 22 available and, you know, working on what we can achieve within that game. Um, but now, over the last sort of three weeks, as I said, we're, we're, we're becoming healthy. Um, we've got some players in and we've been able to pick pick the side as we want. And, you know, it's sort of shown in our reserves as well that, you know, they... They beat Kilsyth last week. Um, They drew yesterday with Nutter Wadding. So their form and the depth has come back. So and you know our results as a senior side being competitive with, um, uh, you know, we're pretty competitive with Churnside. Surrey Park blew us out in the second half, but for that first half we were pretty competitive with them. And then you know two good games against Scoresby and Kilsyth, even though we couldn't hit the scoreboard, um, put us in good step for this one for Nutter Wadding and. You know, As it shows, if you're healthy, you can get the result you want.
0: Yes, uh, obviously, when the side hasn't been winning and, and Croydon North, when since they've come into the competition, they haven't had a, you know, a 50-50 win record. But from what I gather and, and from the people I've, I've spoken to, the camaraderie and morale around that football club is, is still very good. Have you noticed any drop-off um, because of the fact that you've not being as successful as what you'd hoped?
2: Uh, no, definitely, there's not a drop off. I think, um, you know, when when you make the players uh, well aware of the situation we're in, and you're working hard and trying to steal the group at training, um, and and off the field, it's probably put us in good stead to where we are now. And you know, last night, I um or after the game, I made sure that they celebrated the win because they've worked hard for it and. You know, we went back to the club for a beer, and I think we had 26, 27 players come back for a couple of hours for for a beer to enjoy the win. Um, but the group strong as ever, and you know, good to see because to have a season like this, it's not only frustrating as a coach or you know, a committee member or a president of the club. It's it's harder for a player. So to have that buy-in still at the end of the season, it's great.
1: Ray Bad here, Ben. Look, congratulations on the win, mate. Look, uh, I know that you know, clubs are judged by you know what happens on the field, but for, from what I hear, from what you're talking to the other two guys here, that uh, you seem to have you know your, your hand on the button off the field as well. Uh, but just through those winter months there, when you're not winning games, were you still getting reasonable numbers at training?
2: Yeah, look, uh, we we're like every club. I think the Tuesday nights. Um, you know, we probably get between 25 to 30. And then on a Thursday night, we're, we're hitting 40, you know, plus most nights. So the, the training numbers are pretty much as expected. Um, you know, there's that odd night. It might drop low on a Tuesday, but the, the guys are always definitely there on a Thursday. And we really reinforce the fact that if you work hard, um, on the track two nights a week, that's when you, you're you're going to reap your rewards or you know, get reward for hard work. So, um, the training numbers have been good, mate. Look, I'm not going to lie, they could be better. And I'm sure every coach in the AFNL will probably say that. But um, you, you can't fault the boys for, for their effort across the season, especially when you're not winning games.
1: And the inclusion of your women's team into your club, you know, what effect has that had on your club?
2: It just brings, um, you know, well, I'm, when I say depth, it's not playing depth, but just... You know, off the field to have the women's team in. Um, you know, we've got the senior men, reserves, and then we've got the vets as well. Um, off the field, the club's really healthy. So, as a as a community club, you know, you can they can all go down and enjoy it, and um, they bond together, and it makes for a good sporting club.
1: And at the end of the day, I suppose you know, as long as you're paying your bills and that, that's the main thing. So, uh, how's the tra- uh, club travelling in that area?
2: No, we're going fine in that area like i said off field the club's really healthy and you know we've just appointed um a list manager and recruiting manager in dave beagley so um, we're trying to get better off the field although we're in a good position you know everyone can always get better so we think um professionalism off the field is what we're really working on at the moment or the committee's working on as a club so to get a list manager in and a recruiting manager um, it's going to put us in good stead for the future. So the club financially is healthy. Um, it's just on field now and, you know, we're, we're starting to get there, although the wins aren't there. Um, we're working really hard.
1: And and with that improvement over the last few weeks and the win yesterday, every chance that you can uh, get another one next week with Forest Hill?
2: Oh, look, you're always a chance in, in whatever game you play. And, yeah, look, there's, there's no lie that we'll be looking to finish the – finish the season strong. We've got the bye this week, so we've got a few guys that are pretty sore from the last four or five weeks of footy, so it'll be good for them to have a week off, have a bit of a rest, rest and freshen up, and then you know, if we could end the end the season uh, with a win, it'd be a real positive for the club.
3: Ben, we really appreciate you giving up some time on a Sunday morning. Congratulations again on the win. Uh, enjoy the bye next week, and all the best for that final game of the season against Forest Hill.
2: Thanks guys. Thanks for having me.
3: Thanks, Ben the uh, senior coach there of the Croydon North m Football Club and I'm very happy that they got a win because you don't like seeing sides go through the season without getting one and I think it's only now Lilydale, and
1: that's it. That's it. Just a little.
0: I just gleaned out of that conversation that I think the key areas I think that Croydon North will probably need to improve in moving forward um, is getting the numbers on the track up on a Tuesday night and a Thursday night because I think Part of their, their issue is the fact that they probably don't have enough players match fit through training, uh, and I also think too that obviously they do they probably do need some help off field with, with strategy with regards to player and a and a recruiting manager moving forward. I think he articulated his case very well this morning um, on where Croydon are. I was happy for them. I, I think when you look at um, as he articulated the form leading into those two games against Kilsyth and and Cher- and um, Scoresby was as good a good a lead up form for a match against Nana Wadding and. Yeah it proved yesterday that it was their turn and they did exactly what they had to do.
1: And if you look back during the season there was some weeks here they had eight or 10 changes. They did yeah, they, I remember one week that's they had right. over 10
3: changes. That's right and, and that's how that's can you get any
1: consistency Well, how can you, you, got, you can't. You know, well, you happy. can't win a
0: game of football when if 10 of your best 22 are yeah. out for any period of time. <laughs> yeah. And look as a you know kudos to them they've stuck fat and they've worked through it and now Whatever rewards they're getting towards the end of the season, it's well deserved.
3: Yeah. absolutely. The other two games yesterday in Division Four is Chernside Park had the bye. Sorry, Park defeated Forest Hill, twenty-one goals, eighteen hundred and forty four to Forest Hill, two nine twenty-one. Have just they a fall- quick comment on that? Forest
0: Hill, they
1: have they fallen off the cliff, Ray. They have, they have. I was talking to one of their players during the week, and you know, he said, "Uh, he he just doesn't know why they're not performing."
0: I, I I find it hard to believe I mean you know look they beat Surrey Park last time they played yeah. Forest Hill yeah such a big turnaround I I, I think
3: I think they beat killsyth Forest Hill
0: oh, possibly yeah but,
3: but yeah. even then you, you're knocking off the yeah one of the top two sides and then since That's then right. they
1: haven't haven't won many No. Uh, but not only they haven't won they're not kicking scores you yeah
0: know? no and 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 Surrey Park had their little flat patch and now all of a sudden they they they're coming into the final series and... <laughs> Do you think
3: they're the number one? If you had to pick, because the other result is Killsyth Scoresby. Uh, Killsyth, 11-12-78 to the Magpies, 7-12-54. Since that last game that we saw, the Scythe, uh Surrey Park match of the round, I think Surrey Park have probably had some better form since that game.
0: I actually think that both Killsyth and Scoresby have plateaued off a little bit since they both come off the bye. I thought but I thought Kilsyth. <laughs> That unexpected loss where they got, you know, just before they had the buy, yep. they had been on such a high. Scoresby had been on such a high. Then they had the buy, And I, oh, I don't know how you might have viewed it, Ray, but I almost think that maybe both these clubs, once they knew that they were actually qualified and playing for finals, might have just switched
1: off a little bit, would probably probably more so with curl cool size because you've got to remember that they're, they're they're the oldest side in that competition and if you've got some of those older players and it's been a tough season for them you know for everybody in that division so maybe they've just plateaued a little bit and knowing that you're right brash that they' you know they're going to be in the top two anyway curl cool believe
0: size. it or not and and now the fact that uh, f- which is very good for the competition leading into the finals all of a sudden churnside who <coughs> No, after around 6 where we were saying because they were yeah. three games behind yep. now all of a sudden they're in match of the day round yep. again next week
1: yeah. against
0: and once again this time last time um Surrey did had the bye and come off it and didn't play all that well and this time the roles have been reversed and Churnside were in really good form leading into that bye they probably didn't want to have the bye the way they were no, going true. Now at the foot's on the other the boots on the other foot. So that's gonna be a very interesting clash and I'm still sticking with the fact that I still think churnside are a live a live chance now of to win, winning, it. To win a final. They're a smoke. Lead. I think they are a I smoke think lead. they can
3: make a grand final. They
0: could make the grand final. I, I think if out of those four sides, if you're asking me who I think is in a bit of, well, uh, who's in a bit of a holding pattern? I'd have to say Scoresby.
3: I, I'm, I'm with you on that one and, and yesterday uh, they were pretty competitive after giving up a bit of a start. I think fo- uh, Kilsyth kicked the first five goals of that game. After Scoresby McBean kicked three yeah, goals. After of Ivanovic kicked four and McNay listed as their best on the ground so competitive in the end. They were only six points down at three quarter time. Kilsyth ran away with it in the end but a better performance because their last few weeks have probably been pretty disappointing.
0: Well, yes, it has been, if, it, if you're looking at a consistent front, I just, like I said, and Scoresby last game is next week. That's they, right. Yeah. And the thing is, it could be another two weeks, it'll be two weeks at least before they have another game of football, yeah. which means that they're not going to have a hit out before the final. They don't want to be going into round 17 next week, getting... A, with a loss or losing the the game next week, right heading into a final series two weeks down the track with no form.
1: And the interesting game next week, Churnside take on Surrey. Yes, I'm going to try and track down this Oracle person because I want to know what his predictions are for that game. But he's or who, whoever yeah, it is, we're not, I want to. Not know sure. That. We
3: need to find out who that is. Uh, <laughs> that's on I've
0: got well put it this way, I've got a pretty fair idea how it's going to how the game will turn out points wise.
3: Yeah, yeah we're so. certainly right. Having a look at the ladder in Division 4, Killsythe on top with 11 wins and a draw. Surrey just behind in 10 wins and a draw. You would imagine that will be your top two, your first week of the finals, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the qualifying final there. And then three and four scores to in Turnside Park. Uh, they probably will be playing in the elimination final. Forest out of the running now in fifth. Nutterwading and Croydon North Emlock round out the ladder. Well, let's jump into Division 3. Uh, a couple of maybe surprising results a little bit the coldstream warandite i think we would have sort of i think i think we may have um, a couple of us tipped the coldstream win on this one at home but probably not by this sort of margin 12 14 86 to 3 6 24 the coldstream Darcy Fritch kicked five goals. So back in the side was a massive difference for them. Conti listed as their best player. As for Warrenite Richardson, Malone and Wilson, all single goal kickers, Wilson listed as their best player. But that's, I mean, a big margin. It was 72 to 18 at three-quarter time and it didn't really get much better in the last quarter either. So, uh, it's I mean, Warrandyte seasons, seasons it's, it's pretty much done anyway. But for Coldstream, the important thing for them is it puts them two games ahead of Whitehorse now. So they're just about safe. Right. Uh,
1: yeah, they they are just about safe, but just on Warrendale. Look, if I had any hair, I'd be pulling it out if I was involved at Warrendale. They've only kicked one goal to half time, an extra one in the third, and one in the fourth. You know, they, they they've just fallen off the goal scoring. I know Phillips wasn't playing yesterday, but uh, you can't rely on one man all the no, time. No,
3: well, three goals. I that yeah. mean, that's that's it's pretty poor no. for an afternoon.
1: As we go through
0: Division Three, I think you're going to find that there's going to be a there's going to be a similar pattern with some of the other sides' performances. How from week to week, and Warrendale is no exception. That their scoring is fluctuating widely, depending on the opposition and depending on who they're putting on the park throughout the afternoon. In fact, really the only the only consistent side uh, who we'll talk about shortly. Um, they're, the, they're clearly the best side in in this competition coldstream good for them they needed to win yesterday once again too. and i think they they're at home again next next round
1: yeah they play sylvan at warandite next um
0: round. they're um sylvan um well we'll talk about them shortly but coldstream yeah okay. i think that i i think that they're a... Now that they've got that win under their belt, I reckon there's a chance that they might get another one.
1: Well, we, Colstream streamer play Pioneers next game. Yeah, yep, I, I think, that, I that, think that'll, yep,
3: that'll, that'll sort it sorted out. It out. Yep. And you mentioned the best side in the competition who's been the most consistent, and that's Don Val. 15-19, 109, defeated Oakley District yesterday afternoon, 6-10, 46. Uh, Matt Day kicked another five goals, uh, and Mitch Barrow was best on again as Oakley District uh Baxter and Bosnich to each and Hawkins listen as their best player. But that's been the the score line in most of their games in the the last probably five, or six weeks, brush. They win very comfortably and a lot of scoring shots.
0: Well I'll put it this way, I don't think in the time that I've been keeping figures in most of the uh, in most of the grades, Donvale have kicked a they've kicked a hundred points in their last eight games and they've kicked a hundred points ten out of the 16 rounds So yeah. far this year If that isn't as, as Dominant as what You're going to get I don't know what is Have
3: they turned Into the Waverley Blues Of last year of Division 3 Or I know it's a little Bit of a different Sort of game style As such But the way that They're beating sides On the scoreboard It's what Waverley Blues Did during the uh, the Home and away season Last year And you know Maybe that's Something similar that Donvale are putting together at the moment.
1: Well, I think that uh, Waverley Blues and Donvale, but they both play a different style yeah. of game. Last year, Waverley Blues played that real flow, play on football, hit the scoreboard. Whereas Donvale, Donvale for me, they're a tough side to play against. You walk off the field after playing Donvale, and you are body sore. Yeah, it's they a bruising contest, really hard. It's
0: a real bruising encounter when yeah. you play when you play them. And not only do they beat you up physically, but mentally as well, because. Yeah. They do inflict mental scars on, on their opponents by the, just by the sheer weight of yeah. numbers that they yeah. perform. I think the thing is with, with, with Don Vale is the fact that they've developed a culture where it doesn't matter where they are at any particular time in a match. There is such self-belief in that playing group that they can come back from anywhere and still win. And I think that's the difference between a lot of the... There, that's I. I think where Donval are really strong is mentally, and they've got it over every other club in yeah, this division. Yeah.
1: Yeah. One thing I must say about that game yesterday, I, I'm very really, uh, disappointed with Oakley Districts. So I, I know I didn't expect them to win, but you know they, they've been beaten by ten goals. Uh, I, I would have expected them to, you know, hit the scoreboard a little bit more than what they did yesterday. Well,
3: with the final series coming up, Brash, it's it's not a good sign, and they've. I don't know if they play Ferntree Gully again, but it, it will be difficult because they've also lost to Sylvan a couple times too. So they probably haven't had the best form against the top three sides. I,
0: I think I think that the, the law of the land this year early on was Donval and Ferntree Gully and then all of a sudden Donval went up a notch, right? Mm-hmm. Ferntree Gully had injuries, but they haven't been up. But Ferntree Gully, um, they're winning games, but they're not being able to to really hit the scoreboard and that worries me going into a final series because yeah. that allows still allows sorry that still allows sylvan as, as the result yesterday proved, and Oakley districts, it still gives them a fleeting chance. Well,
3: I'm glad you brought that up. Seven seventeen, they kicked Fentry Gully, 59, to Sylvan, 7-3, So they had 14 more scoring shots, but kicked the same amount of goals. That's quite interesting in that game. Cal Spears kicked three goals. Ethan Kiker listed as their best player. And for Sylvan, Matt Lowe, another five goals, but didn't have much help. That would have been...
0: How would you have described that game, Ray? Because when you look at... Sylvan went scoreless again in the, in one quarter of football, I think in the mm. third quarter. But the thing was, Fernshae Gully weren't able to, to, to put them away. I, I'm, I'm still... Um, I wanted... I really want... To make this final series interesting, I really do want to see Sylvan or Oakley District try and... Win one of those games against mm. the top two yeah. to give it a, to not only to to validate that the fact that they can be a chance in the final series, but you know, Donvale once again, you know, as Ray said, Oakley District were disappointing yesterday. Yeah, they'll play finals because they've got enough. You know they've got an, they've won enough games yeah. against the who they've needed to beat, but they've struggled. And I think Bazanich has to has to really hit the scoreboard for Oakley District to
1: be a real serious player. Oh, it does. You know that that's just, they like to play in a uh, fast play on game and hit the scoreboard. That's and, their style.
0: And it seems quite it seems quite ironic that both Sylvan and Oakley District need low, the counterpart, low yeah. for Sylvan and Bazanich for Oakley District. They both have to kick goals and kick big goals, yeah. right, for them to be competitive. Whereas you go up a notch and you look at Donval, they got four, five guys, yeah. right, where they spread them around three, four each. That, you, you, I'd rather have that than what? one.
3: It's very handy yeah. when you've got a quality player of Nick Murphy who can take a back seat and have someone like Matt Dakick yeah. five goals in, in back-to-back games. Yeah. There's yeah. a bit of a difference in those sides, and it was good to see Luke McComb back out there for Fergie yeah. Gully yeah. yesterday. Yeah. They, they need him, and they need Kennedy if they're to beat Don Val. They need their experienced I, players out there.
0: I would think with the way the finals go in uh, Div 3, Ray, Kennedy needs to be probably back in the side next week with the, and have a couple of runs under his belt heading into a first uh, first of those semi-finals. Yeah,
1: well, you look at Furniture over the last few weeks. Yeah, they, they had those injuries and they plateaued a little bit, but yep. getting those players back, you're right, Brash, If they can get them back, you know, and have a full list going into the finals, they'll be a completely different side to what we've seen lately.
0: And and has a list and has the experience to do to take it up to Donvale. Yep. What I don't want to see next week is Donvale travel down to Wally Chu and get smashed by ten goals. Yeah. Because that will not that will not that will really play on the psyche of Ferntree Gully heading into that final series in the, in that second semi. It but Brash, good.
1: realistically can you see Don Bale getting smashed by ten goals?
0: <laughs> no, no I'm saying Ferntree Gully. Oh Ferny okay. I'm just saying yeah, the okay. fact that
1: I misunderstood, yep.
0: The fact that um actually um Don Bale get to play Ferntree Gully three times. Yeah. I mean surely Lord, the Allure of averages says that Furniture Gully have got to win one no. of those three, but it doesn't work out like that. No.
1: When, I think you've, they,
0: the when, when you've got a dominant side, right, <laughs> and, that, and and that's the thing. Mentally, Donvale are mentally stronger than any, and that's where the difference is at the moment, along with the talent. And they've probably had a good run with injuries. Let's let's yeah, not forget yeah, that. Yeah.
3: Well, that's the, and that's key with Furniture Gully, as you said. They, they've got to have a full-strength side back in before finals time and then be able to get a few more games into those plays. The last game in division three, Whitehorse eleven, ten, seventy six, lost to Fair Park, thirteen, nineteen, ninety seven. Uh for Fair Park, uh, a good uh, good um, range of goal kickers here. Dadswell rank and Rankin kicked three each. That's a Whitehorse. Thorn kicked two goals and Connell listed as their best player. But Ray, where do you
0: think what do you think what are your thoughts on Whitehorse? I mean I know that you've seen them a couple of times. Right. Andrew haining has gone down there to try and ch- try to bring a new game plan but it just I don't know what is it with Whitehorse? They, they've gone that. let's be honest they they've gone through a few coaches in the last five years yeah right mm. so where's where is there a problem down there with Players not liking what
1: the coaches are bringing? No, no, I, I don't think that the coach has been their problem because yeah, they've had some pretty good coaches in my my view. Now, and and Haining, I think he, he will be – if they can stick with him.
3: They've just got to stick with him. If you stick I think with him be...
1: for you know another two years yeah. after this year, I, I just don't think they're their uh, lesser players, say from their 10 to 22 players, yeah. I think that's where they fall away. Their I, top couple of players are as good as any in the competition. But then they fall away badly.
0: One guy, I, I've actually, one guy, I've felt, and I don't know whether it's through injury or form, but that's has really dropped off um, with his consistency. Is Eddie Sim?
1: Yeah. Every week yep. in, week yep. out, we used to see Eddie Sim. He in the used best. to be one of the best midfielders yeah. in the competition. and
0: I don't know whether it's age, like I said, it's age, yeah. work, or whatever it is in between. But um, I personally don't think they've recovered. Since they lost Andrew Padbury,
1: yeah, no, you're right. They've
0: yeah. lost he was their he was their key forward where they were able to direct everything th- through, and the fact that he was a it was a really good, yeah. um, really good mark, but he also was a very very good ac- and accurate kick, and you. You know he's his goal kicking percentages when he was playing there. He was he's shooting at 80 percent, which you know most sides would kill to have a forward that could be that accurate. And, and when
1: and when Padbury was there, McDougal became a better player. Yeah. But now Padbury's gone, McDougal's the head. You know the head spearhead.
0: So I I think that maybe they've also had to some of their players have had to, through one of a better word, Ryan. I think they've had to um, players that were playing in certain positions when. When um, when Padbury was there, have been shifted around a little bit and are in playing different positions. And I think Del Gleesh is probably one of those players. He was playing forward, right, center forward, half forward, but now it's gone back into a back line. Maybe because they needed to plug holes there. But he's a he's a he's a very good player as well, Del Gleesh.
1: I think they're very unfortunate where they are geographically. I think that they're one club that really find it hard to recruit players Undead because they're surrounded by by clubs that are around about the same division, you know, and, and that must be very hard for them to re- re- particularly if they're not performing.
0: Yeah, I look, it. look, let's let's be under no illusions that there are there is certain areas in Melbourne. Right, where recruiting is very hard for clubs to get players. A because of this. it's a changing well, Silver's dynamic. Silver's a great example yeah, of it. That's it's tough a changing them. it's a changing dynamic. The the whole dynamic of areas are changing with yeah. you know, through cultural change. It's you know, yeah. that's that's just what we have to. That's what the cards are dealing with and, us now. And, not, and, if,
1: and if any uh, young players in that area want to go, they'll they'll go to a to a Surrey Park or somewhere like that, a club that's performing, rather than go to a side that's been struggling. It,
0: it just shows you, though. I mean, this it. It just shows you that success breeds success and when you and this this just says true all over. When your club is not going well, doesn't matter whatever club it is, trying to get people to come there when you're not winning is that much harder.
3: Mm. Yeah. And looking at the ladder now, Whitehorse are set to take the drop because they play Coldstream next week, which Although, even if they win that, they've got Ferntree Gully to come after. So, they've got to win both games. And I just don't see that happening at the moment. Having Not having won a game in a couple of months now. So, they're set to drop into Division 4, you would think. Looking at the latter, Donvale-Ferntree Gully will meet in the first week of the finals. Sylvan and Oakley District will meet in the uh, in the first week of the finals as well as elimination final. I think mathematically, Fair Park is still a chance. So, they can still win their two, but Oakley District... Should just uh, all, the, all they Depends need to do. Depends on is who win. Fair Park have got in their last. Oh, game. hang on. Fair Park, Oakley district next Late weekend. Last,
0: yeah, next
1: week.
3: Have yeah. I gone too early on this? Because Fair Park win that. Let's do the math. They're only a draw behind. Oakley take on Warrandite in the last round of the season, while Fair Park.
0: I thought, I thought that Oakley was six points in front.
3: Yeah, but as in if uh, Fair Park beat him next week.
0: Yeah, then, then it'll be a draw. And yeah, then.
3: The draw. Fair it'll Park play Silver. Okay, so. Still a Fair Park is still a chance.
0: Yeah, they are. Um I think though with Fair Park of just having a look through their squad this morning, Ben Gilling hasn't played since round no. ten. And I think he may be out injured, but if they can get him if Fair Park can get him in right in the next two weeks and have him ready for you know, that that, that you know, that critical final, he could be the difference between Fair Park
1: actually progressing. Where's that game played next week?
3: I've just got out of it. I think uh-huh. that is at uh, Oakley, that one. Okay. So you would imagine uh, Oakley would probably come in as the, the heavy favourites. No, it's at Fair Park, actually. Fair Park, yeah. So they lost at Fair Park in the night game earlier this season, but by all reports, probably should have been further up at halftime. So I would still think they'd come uh, in as favourites. And
0: like I said, the unpredictability of the way these sc- sides are scoring from third to um, third to eight at the moment... You, you couldn't really pick a winner with actual absolute surety except probably mm. Donbar. Yep.
3: No, nope, I think you're absolutely right on that. Let's jump into Division 2 now. Uh, Mulgrave winners over Upper Furniture Galley just quickly, 22-16, 148, just 12-4-76. Adam Booth kicked another six goals. Uh, Connor Tillyard kicked five and was listed best r- on.
0: He's had a great year. He's had a, a yeah. fantastic,
3: uh, he's in a purple patch at the moment. And in Farber fentrick Gully Bailey kicked three and Meyer was listed as their best player.
0: And, Ryan, Mulgrave players have <laughs> have this happy knack of winning best and fairest play in the comp.
1: In the comp, yeah. They <laughs> do. They, 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 got a
0: lot. They, they seem to, they produce quite a few winners in the in the in the big ones, so don't be surprised if Tillyard's up there on, on vote night.
3: No, he, he certainly could be because his form this season has been as good as pretty much anyone's. Um, he's very consistent and he's always in the best, so fair. he certainly will pinch a fair few votes.
0: And put this way, I think for the first time um, that you can, I, I think Mulgrave a uh, final spare
3: well, I think so, and we, we, this is, will be a good conversation in a second when we read out the East Burwood uh, score, but um, also just to mention it, uh, a big game for um, Mulgrave yesterday with uh, game number 200 for uh, Dean Siakoulis, and yep. both yeah. of you would have seen plenty yep. of football oh, yeah. from yeah. Dean over the years.
1: Great, great, you talk great about servant. You talk about stalwarts at clubs. Oh, and, yeah. Siakoulis uh, Deac- down there at Mulgrave, he's, he's amongst them. Yeah, oh
3: absolutely, yeah. and we will t- I'll leave the East bird one to last, yeah. I think that's the most interesting result. Okay. <laughs> uh, just quickly, uh, out at Jubilee Park, Baronia continued their winning streak, 13-9, 87 to Ringwood, 6-10, 46. Josh Begley kicked seven goals and was listed best on as the Ringwood uh, Gebel Lamb kicked two. Williams was listed as their best player, so no surprise there. No, just doing
1: what they have to do,
3: Baroni, Yeah, they'll just cruise through to the uh, finals.
0: And the fact that they probably had their best side on the paddock Mm. yesterday. Um, Yeah. So all's all's good for them. If they can stay healthy over the next six weeks, they're going to be hard to toss. They will be
3: very hard to beat. One side who... Certainly play finals, Heathmont, 12-10-82, defeated the base in yesterday, 6-11-47 at Batterham Reserve. Bit of a uh, a pretty competitive performance from the Basin, hearing from a couple of people from Heathmont, so not a bad effort, even if the scoreboard probably doesn't say quite that All, much.
0: Always very competitive games, those uh, Heathmont Basin games. Is think, that a bit
3: of a rivalry, those yes, two
0: clubs? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's a rivalry. I, I think the thing is with Heathmont at the moment, I almost... Like, they're doing enough. They're just doing enough. enough yeah. But is enough going to be enough
1: to elevate them in a finals? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I, I just think they're, they're a side in there making up numbers.
0: Well, put it this way. They get their first taste of finals football next week, Heathmont.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, because Mulgrave.
0: They got yeah. Mulgrave.
3: Yep. Yeah. Mulgrave going his favourites, I think, on, this, on, Mulgrave, on the form. And you I think to,
0: Mulgrave beat them there at... Heathmont last year in match of the day, they did. I think I yep. can't remember. I think they did.
3: I, I don't think I was there for that one. Um, no, so. you probably
0: weren't. But I was, and I think they I think if my memory serves me correctly. I think Mulgrave beat them. It was unexpected too. Well,
3: they'll go in as favourites. Uh, to, uh, next week, I think, just on based on the form and yep. the injuries that Heathmont do have as well. Uh, Waverly Blues also defeated Knox 18-8 to 12-7 Josh Williamson back in the side, kick seven goals. Uh, Duck listed as their best player on the ground. Uh, that, so Knox. That's
1: a fair effort by Knox, you know. they are only yeah. been beaten by six goals. And Greaves kicked lot another over four, four goals.
0: Their, their second half of the season, it started to come together nicely for them. Um, <laughs> For Waverley Blues, once again, uh, another win on the road for them. When they're going to have to keep winning, but you know, look, they're doing all they're doing everything right. Waverley Blues, they, they are controlling their own destiny, and and the fact is that all they can do is turn up to these grounds on Saturday and win games of football and set themselves up for a double chance.
3: And all they need to do now is in one of the next two to make the double chance because Templestowe and Heathmont will play each other in that exactly final right. round. So they're pretty much there. And then the big result, uh, I think, in the biggest game in Division 2 yesterday, it was one side, Templestowe, 16-19, 115, defeated East Berwick 10-5-65, and it was never close. At quarter time, it was 47-7. to 7. Half time, it was 73-15. to 15. There's a lot to probably discuss on both sides, but yep. especially, let's start with Templestowe because they bring back Michener, Bring back Fogarty and they're their best two players on the ground uh, according to the uh, sheet here in front of me. So, I mean, the two of the best players in the competition. You, you get those players in and they just really, really needed that uh, depth in the midfield last week. And um, that's a statement win that shows that they are still a, a, a big threat come September.
0: Well, it straightens them up, Ray, it, Templestowe. It yep. straightens them up. However, they I still not convinced they've got a forward line that can kick a winning score.
1: Yeah, you're probably right there, Brush. Yeah, no, I, I could agree with you on that one, you know.
0: Defensively, they're sound. Mm. Defensively, they're very good, led by Alex Brown. I just worry that um, the, the fact is that I don't think that the Templestowe – um, midfield and half forward line is utilising Limback's talents enough. I don't think they're getting the ball to him enough to, for him
1: to hurt sides. Fair enough. But uh, just on the result yesterday, look, uh, you look at the last quarter, and East would have kicked six goals one, but they certainly didn't have it all their own way because Templestowe have kicked three goals, eight. So it should have been so a bigger So they've had their margin. chances, you know, so it wasn't as though you look at that and you think, oh, East Burwood, you know, come home really well, but it's just an accurate kicking by yeah. Templestone. And it's still
3: a 50-point margin, margin, which well, probably right. yeah. was a not even a reflection of the game with the way that Templestone no. dominated 16-19, so yeah. had more chances to, to put him yep. away. And Limbach's an interesting one because... After the first two weeks where I think he kicked 12 in the two games, since then he's barely kicked uh, many and he only kicked the one on the weekend. Um, so I don't know if that's a... Is it? Do you think it's a delivery thing or the way... I know last week he was well held by Jared Lake and, and you know, a lot of players are by the quality of Lake. But um, what do you think the issue is there?
0: Oh, well, I, I, I think it comes down to delivery. I just don't think they can we watched him in that Heathmont game how many times did Templestowe, when they had positioned their players they kicked it over his head they yeah, kicked it on top pitch, of his head they didn't kick it in they they Limbeck is one of those players you've got to play a meter just a meter up front on him because he is so quick off the the opening 2 meters that once he gets once he gets that that that, yeah. that thing if you hit him on the chest you're not going to get part you, you you won't you won't be able to punch the ball away. He's so quick, but the thing is, he's such a deadly kick. The thing is, I don't know whether I'm not a hundred percent sure whether Templestowe gameplay, the way they set up, suits Lindback's style.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, because at Doncaster East, it w- they channeled the ball through him when he was playing down there, because they knew they had a quality forward. I don't know whether Templestowe's game plan,
1: the way they're playing it, whether they... So do you know, have they been playing him at full forward all year?
0: Well, that's what he... he yeah.
1: I, I believe so. Well, well, maybe. I mean, if he's not hitting the scoreboard and all that, you know, you throw him out the centre-half forward for a couple of games and give him a bit more room and space to work in. You know? Well, that was... Well, we don't know because no. we haven't been there. And I think that's
0: part of the, the thing is, on these big grounds, sometimes... Um, the centre half forward, I, I almost think you play at Baronia, or I reckon you play your full forward at centre half forward, and your your proper centre half forward at full forward. Yeah,
1: yeah, swap them around.
0: Yeah, mm. I, I just because I, I just think you're getting more. Your centre half forward is your is your key, mm. your pillar, right? Tall, big, strong. If he's got and if he can run and take a grab, he's virtually going to be impossible. Whereas you've got to a centre-half forward with your full forward, yeah, he'll keep leading, but he can also he can also lead to other areas of that forward line yeah. to create diversion.
3: Yeah, it's certainly interesting. And the other flip of the coin, East Burwood, oh, because yes. they now slip... So, looking at the ladder, they're a game, and they were on equal percentage pretty much, but it's now 13%. That's a lot. It's a, it is a lot, and they do play up a Fentry Gully in the last round. They're going to so need t- it. Yeah. They're going to need a big win, so that... It probably works out all right that they've got that last game as a chance to build some percentage. But, I mean, Mulgrave, with the form they're going, they may just win Heathmont against Heathmont next week. Put and the result beyond yeah. question.
0: The other thing, that, when you're looking... When you, you look at what the percentage that Vermont gained last week, and I believe it was over 20% or around mm. that 20% mark, and you're looking at 13%, we're thinking... I'm thinking, just looking at those sort of figures that East Burwood are going to have to win by at least 80 points next week to try and make up some of that percentage. They may not make it up
1: either. I think they're going to have to win by more. I think they're going to have to win by 100 points to make it up. You could
0: be right.
3: So where are the Rams at at the moment? Because they had a good run of form, one I think five or six, but the last few weeks that loss against Knox was a little concerning and then uh, again yesterday just didn't seem to have – didn't show up. I mean, 47-7 a quarter time, it was over.
1: Sort of they've sort of shot themselves in the footy a bit, East Burwood. Look, I they're hard to select even, going into each game. Yeah, you know, one week when they're good they're very, very good. Mm. But I, but they put in so many poor performances in between that. I
0: think I almost think their bad start to the season now is just starting to come back and haunt them. Yeah. A because they haven't, they didn't build enough, they didn't win enough games to give them a buffer to cover for some poor form heading towards the the end of the season. Mm. Now they've left it all to do, and Ringwood as Ring uh, look, they're going to have to they're going to have to find whilst Ringwood will will continue to serve it up to them next week. Right, they, but the thing is, they won't get any percentage out of Ringwood.
3: No, 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 they won't, because Ringwood's pretty. And
0: defensive. there's also that possibility that if they don't bring their A game, Ringwood could actually still win.
3: Well, I've heard just speaking to a couple of people last night, they actually think Ringwood might beat them on They're the way They're playing there. at
0: Ringwood, aren't they?
3: That is, uh, yeah. oh no, it's at East Burwood. East Burwood,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you'd still give East Burwood a chance to win at home. I just think with them, it's just a matter of. They're just the fact that they they've been playing catch up football for most of the year after a poor start. They've had a few injuries, a couple of weddings and at a funeral and everything else that go with it and they hit a really good vein of form and then all of a sudden they've dropped two out of their last three when they really couldn't afford it. They needed to win they needed to win those games yeah. to try and put that buffer between them and Mulgrave and they haven't
1: been able to do it. Just getting back to East Burwood and making up that percentage, Brash, I think you're underwriting Upper Ferntree Gully because yesterday Upper Ferntree Gully kicked 12 goals against Mulgrave. OK, they got smashed, but if they can kick 10 or 12 goals against the East Burwood size, forget forget you're making up percentage...
0: No, well, that's when we talk in Premier Division. We'll, we'll, yeah, we can, we can articulate yeah. the coach. I with think we've Blackburn. got to give
1: Upper Fentry Gully a little bit more credit than what we have been because we've just been sort of skimming over them week in, week out, and and they're they're, they're kicking twelve goals against a, a they, side that's Mulgrave that are really in top form. So you know, let's give them a little bit of that, credit that, in the last couple of weeks or go.
0: You're right, and their scores over the, you know, their scores for Upper Fentry Gully have been, you know. The the problem is though Ray they they, they kick, concede a lot as well they concede a lot yeah, I know. this is yes. the this is the thing I mean you know thirty eight thirty three twenty seven forty one you know this is what their last six of yep. forty two two lots of thirty three a twenty one a yeah. sixty a thirty seven and a
1: seventy six last three weeks has probably been very good for them okay you'll the that. on the other hand what have uh, what have been East Burwood's big scores can you have you got that yeah
0: Yep, kicked one hundred and one in the first round, and they've kicked two scores over one hundred and twenty
1: for the rest of the season. So they're not they're not kicking huge no. scores themselves. Right. So that that percentage forget about making. That and
0: up. their last three games, East Berwick, they've kicked seventy three, sixty, and sixty five. Well, there it is. So, so yeah. where are they going to where where are they going to get it from? They need to find at least another eighty <laughs> points on top of that mm. in that in that game. And don't forget, if they don't win, if they win, depending if they win, if they win next week, and they only win small, then they're mar- they're, they won't gain enough. No. A little bit, they only gain a little bit of percentage. It won't be enough to make it up.
3: No. Yeah. So, and and just on just purely form, forget about the ladder for a minute. Yes, Mulgrave. Are going to be a much dangerous, much more dangerous side than East coming to so. the finals just on form at the moment.
1: And I'll go back to round ten. I told you Mulgrave would be the yeah, side
3: that did. the finals. <laughs> you did, you did. You <laughs> keep bringing it up. And That's I'm true. not going to
0: let
1: you forget it. Right? <laughs> I think the
0: thing is with Mulgrave, on my, on, on my, where I found it very diff, difficult for them over the years to, to make a case for them because of their inconsistency. But I will say this about them this year. They've been more consistent this year and more predictable than any other year that in that
1: they've been. But Brash, you go back the previous two years, they weren't even playing on their ground. They're no. playing on that second ground That's down true. there, and yeah. that makes a difference. Last year was a
3: nightmare not yep. being able to have my yep. reserve yep. ready and having a look at the ladder now. So Brony on top have locked up the minor premiership. Waverley Blues, Templestowe, and Heathmont all on the same wins there, eleven each. One side will miss out. You would imagine it would probably be Temple Sower Heath one on missing out on that double chance. Yep. At the moment, Mulgrave sit fifth with nine wins and a percentage uh, 13% over East Burwood, a game behind in sixth. Ringwood, two games behind Mulgrave in seventh. The Basin in eighth. Knox and Upper Ferntree Gully. So, hypothetically, East Spurwood, they've got to win their next two, obviously. Yep. They're probably going to have to... I mean, if Mulgrave lose their next two, then they will jump them. But either that, you'll, if Mulgrave beat Heathmont next week, they're relying on that percentage boost, which we think probably won't happen. Yeah. And
0: it, that's, um, if they both end up on the equal number of wins and losses, Mulgrave will stay in because of, of that percentage. percentage so
3: yes. you'd favour Mulgrave from here. It's probably in their hands.
0: I do. I, I just sort of, when I looked at it this morning, I thought, geez, East Burwood, you've left yourself. I reckon you might have left it a, a little bit too, too late. late here.
3: Yeah, and I, I had East Bird in last week. I did the run home and I thought, I didn't expect them to lose by 50 points yesterday. So that percentage hit is what has sort of made me jump boat on that one. Yeah. Um, but that's your ladder for Division 2 and we'll have a quick break and then we'll jump into Division 1 and Premier Division.